Welcome to CooperCast, White Chocolate Part 2. This is your host, Al's Cocoa Bean, John Sachs. We talk about writing songs with Jerry Goffin, a tricky song title, and about the legendary Fred Neal. Song number eight. You make me feel so good all over, and do I have any special notes? Yes, I do have a special note here uh, that I want to ask you about. The writing credit is this guy, Al Cooper, and this guy, Jerry Goffin. Yeah. How come both names? Did you sit and, you didn't sit and write it together, did you? Yes. You did? Well, no, not actually. He gave me the lyric, and then I put it to music. Oh. We wrote, I think, four songs together like that. I think two of them are on this record. Okay. And what happened is uh, I met him because I interviewed him. And we became friends. Mm. And so he gave me um, three lyrics, hmm. and I wrote them. Well, you know, one thing uh, I didn't realize, I looked it up, that obviously he wrote with Carol King. but uh, That's not all he did with Carol King. Yeah, I know. But um, what I didn't know was that um, when they were a team, at times he would actually write the lyrics to some of their big hits. She like, wrote the music. Yeah, I, because then she later put out tapestries. I thought she equally wrote words and music, but he actually wrote the words to songs like Will You Love Me Tomorrow, uh, Take Good Care of My Baby, Locomotion, and so forth. Oh, yeah, he's, he's classic. I have, you know, I should put that on the website. Yeah. I'm in, where I interviewed him. Dig it out and I'll put it on. That's how we met. Uh, here's a comment on Wikipedia about Jerry Goffin. It was later said of Goffin that his gift was to find words that expressed what many young people were feeling but were unable to articulate. Well, that's what you try to do as a lyricist. Yeah, yeah. And then he, after he and King divorced, he wrote with Barry Goldberg and Michael Masser and, 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 and you know. <clears throat> then he married... <laughs> Some girl that I had gone out with previously. Oh, yeah? And I only learned that when I interviewed him. Oh, okay. I went, wow. He wrote over 114 Billboard Hot 100 hits. Wow. <laughs> 114. Eight chart toppers and 72 that were hits in the UK. I only wrote one chart topper. Oh, well, well, you're only uh, behind him by 113. Seven. No, no, uh, 114 <laughs> were hits. Only He only had eight number ones, a mere eight number ones. Okay. When I saw that it was a Cooper Goffin, I had to ask you about that. The ninth song is named Susan, and when I saw that, I immediately assumed it was about your current wife, Susan, but then I noticed you didn't write it. No, I have a friend who's married to a Susan. He wrote it. His name is Fred Blifford. Blifford, B-L-I-F-F-E-R-T, okay. He's a great singer, too. Yeah? Okay. He was in a group called Jelly. Jelly, all right. He Boston area guy? Uh, no. He lives very far away. I can't remember what city at the moment, but something like Baltimore. Okay. Hopefully not Ukraine. Further than Baltimore, actually. Song number 10 is called Hold On. What is 
notable about this song on this record is that this the second verse of Hold On is the only thing that you don't sing. You gave the second verse vocals to Catherine Russell, who sings them. Did I write it? No, this was Ingram Jones. Ingram, of course, being being uh, James Ingram. And the Jones referred to is Quincy Jones. Oh, okay. Could have been my father-in-law. Could have been if you had played your cards right. Song number 11, Cast the First Stone. This is another Al Cooper original. Pretty much the same group with the horns and Bob Dozum on guitar and Larry Finn on drums and bass is a guy named Jesse Williams. Song 12, this is another Cooper Goffin song. Number one, two, call me baby. Why is it called number one, two, call me baby? No one to call me baby. Oh! Wake up. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm glad I asked. No one to call me baby. Yeah, no, I totally right over my head. Obviously. Obviously. So for those of you who read it like me, no 12 or no digit one, digit two, it's no one to call me baby. Well, other people listened to it and then they knew why it was called that. Okay. Well, it never dawned on me. By the way, I listened last night to this in preparation for today on the headphones, which is a good way to listen to music. However, on the way down here, I played it in the car. And I actually like it better in the car. I listen to a lot of music in the car. You can turn it really up loud and you're surrounded on all sides. It's and like you can't hear the horns of the car behind you. Because of the Al Cooper horns. Yeah. 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 It, but I, I, I noticed that it really feels different to turn it up loud in the car than it does even on headphones. I don't know why. It's just, it's very different. So there. And that's another one. He gave you the lyrics and you wrote the song. Mm -hmm. By the way, did you then uh, at some point play it for him? Of that? course. Okay. And he uh, approved? Well, it was too late. Jerry Goffin passed away in 2014 and this album came out in 2013. Cooper Goffin. The great list of people that he collaborated with includes Al Cooper. Song number 13 is Candyman, and this was written by Fred Neal. Mm -hmm. Fred Neal, for those of you who don't know, was like a really big deal guy in the village in the early folk days, along with Dylan and Phil Oaks and Tom Paxton. And those well, I don't guys. think he was such big. No. No, but he's a very odd and interesting story because he was—he was—he was a good guy. He played a twelve-string. Uh huh. He had a big, rich, deep voice. He was a white guy. Yep. And and, uh, and uh, we got to be pretty good friends. Yeah. I liked him. He wrote up about three or four songs that became quite well known. He wrote the Dolphin. And he wrote Other Sides of This Life, which was done on a record by The Spoonful and by The Youngbloods. Uh, well, both of them were <clears throat> village people, yeah, so to speak. So to speak. Uh, Other Sides of the Life is a terrific song. And he wrote Everybody's Talking, which was by far his most famous song. It was a theme song for the movie Midnight the Cowboy. Cowboy. But it was sung by... Harry Nelson. And we did a whole session. We did a whole episode about Harry Nelson. But I heard that um, 
Neil kind of retired from the music biz, took his money from everybody's talking, and he just lived a quiet life down in Florida, spending most of his energy thinking about dolphins. Smart. Yeah. But I think the music biz missed him. Folks, if you haven't checked out Fred Neal, check out Fred Neal. So you did this, but it says somewhere that it was made, Candyman was made more famous by Roy Orbison? Yes. Song number 14 is I who have nothing. And this was written by... Lieberenstohler and then some people I can't pronounce. This Carlo Donida. The story of that is it was, um, it was an amazing record, the original version, mm. in Italy. Mm. And it was in Italian. So is that who uh, Carlo Donida was Italian? Yeah, but there's, there's another writer because they wrote the music. The uh, two of them okay. wrote the words and music. So it was Danita and somebody else. Okay. And it's an amazing record. Hmm. One of the most amazing records of all time. Hmm. It has uh, 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 electronic sounds in it. It's a great arrangement. Hmm. One of the best arrangements I ever heard in my life. Who had the hit here in the States? Benny King or somebody like Benny that? Benny King, 1963. Yeah, so what they did is Liebren Stoller bought the track from Italy. Yeah. So they had the right to use the track. Right. And they then they just made their own lyric up. Okay, so it was the Because, I mean, the original record is, you know, the guy goes, uh, On, uno de tante, whatever that means. Right. But the track was unbelievable. So they bought the track hmm. and put Benny King over the top singing in English. Right. Got it? Uh, I believe on YouTube you can find Uno de Tianti. I Who Have Nothing, Italian version, Joe Sentieri. That's right. So they took the ex actual backing track to the Italian song. They removed, bought it. Removed the vocals, wrote English words, and had Benny King sing it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Genius. So that was a great idea that they had. Hmm. And, uh, and it was a top ten record in America. I'll be darned. Do you think... Do we have any idea what the Italian words mean? Is it is it I who have nothing? I don't know, but I know it's Il Uno de Tante. This has been Coopercast White Chocolate Part 2, brought to you by Chocolate Chips. Submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the Coopercast page.